Lord, I have no praise in that. And let's say hallelujah, hallelujah, and that anybody will come to the floor and just open the service with a word of prayer. Amen. just to be in the house, Heavenly Father. As David of the old said, let us go unto the house of the Lord, Heavenly Father. This is where, Heavenly Father, our burdens are getting better, Heavenly Father. This is where our sickness gets healed, Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father, our problems get resolved here, Heavenly Father. Our soul have rest, Heavenly Father. That's why, Heavenly Father, we can cease to praise you, Heavenly Father. We are thankful for the day that you have given unto us, Heavenly Father. Here is the beginning of the year, Heavenly Father. The first Sunday, Heavenly Father. We are just here, Heavenly Father. Some of us, Heavenly Father, 
We have Heavenly Father made resolutions, Heavenly Father, the plans for the year, Heavenly Father. We say, can you bless 2016 for us, Heavenly Father? Let it be the year, Heavenly Father, that we will grow spiritually, Heavenly Father. We can move from glory to glory, Heavenly Father. Bless us, Heavenly Father, materially, Heavenly Father, financially, Heavenly Father. We commit everything unto you, Heavenly Father. You know each and every individual that is here, Heavenly Father. Bless his or her desire, Heavenly Father, heart's desire, Heavenly Father. As we commit the service unto you, Heavenly Father, may you just reign, Heavenly Father. Descend from heaven, Heavenly Father. Talk to our hearts, Heavenly Father. You know our need, Heavenly Father. We say, Heavenly Father, here is our brother leading us in chorus, leading Heavenly Father. Bless him, Heavenly Father. As he's doing this job, Heavenly Father, may we give him strength, Heavenly Father. Bless Heavenly Father. Also the servant that is going to give us the weight, Heavenly Father. Let us look beyond the flesh, Heavenly Father. Let us just see you, Heavenly Father, talking to us, Heavenly Father. We commit everything to you, Heavenly Father. As we bind all evil spirits, Heavenly Father, to not have any dominion, to not have any power in this service, Heavenly Father. Bless each and every proceeding, Heavenly Father. In Jesus Christ's name we pray, amen. 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 We are just going to take a few praise songs, and then from then on we will ask Sister Shawne to come and give us a song testimony. Let us sing, uh, and Brother Clement as well, let us sing a song that says, We stand and lift up our hands, for the joy of the Lord is our strength. We just apologize for our projectors, God for repairs, amen. We stand and lift up our hands for the joy of the Lord.
people have got a thankful house this morning. We are going to be calling Babel uh, uh, to come to the fore uh, so that we can move forward with our service. Let us just take uh, a call or two as we be coming to the fore. Amen. Oh, man. 
greet you all in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And then just before uh, uh, we, we, we proceed with the service, uh, if Brother Kumete can just say a word of prayer for the offerings. God bless you, Brother Kumete. Baba, Gosu Chesu, Kulungulu, Pesua Fogonge, Dalwezu Nongshava, Nasexin, Kulungulu Tandegayo, Sias Toba, Ekon in Lako, Sbonga Musawa, Kosbonga Tandolako, Lus Tali and Kulungulu Tandegay is cutting a safe rule, it was a Willis's Kati, Kulungulu Tandegayo, Musawako, Yamangalisa. Kulungulwetu tandegayo, siswele izibongo, esinabonga ngazo, ngako wonga osenzele kona. Kulungulwetu tandegayo, amakaya osipeona, imsevinzo osipeona. Kulungulwetu tandegayo, abandwano osipeona, makosgazo osipeona. Kulungulwetu tandegayo, kongugushe kumsevinzi zanjazako. Kulungulwetu tandegayo, nasekseni sapa msela kuwe utumo nengazumolo. Sita woko tina isikono uzenze lakona. Konge ngulungulu tutandiga usingige guwe. Na wabandwa na bako bekipile ngulungulu tutandiga uumnigelo. Na wechumi ngulungulu tutandiga usiazu baloko. Ngulungulu tutandiga ugungo kufeza ngulungulu tutandiga yo. Indando yako ngulungulu tutandiga yo. Na ukuba ngulungulu tutandiga yo ifangini. Ngulungulu tutandiga ugusisa ya wandwa na bako lababatate kona. Upinde ngulungulu tutandiga yo. Amen. We greet you all in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Um, great morning indeed, um, and we are happy to get in this fashion. In this year, in this time, may God richly bless you. And then um, I think most of the people are still on holidays. Others, they still have commitments. Um, most half of the church is not here this morning. So, But you that are here, God bless you. And them also, may God be with them. And then we appreciate and we acknowledge all our, our visitors. We say feel at home. God bless you. I don't have names of you. I see... God bless you, all of you. And then to um, another thing, I think our midweek service, they have not yet uh, commenced. I think we will, have, we will come with a date next week, Sunday, when are we starting. But I think this uh, coming Wednesday, we are still, um, we're still on holiday on Wednesdays. So we will come and meet again on Sunday. So, yeah, God bless you for that. And then, uh, last but not least, I think uh, we wish you all the best for 2016. As the brother Brenham says, uh, it's the beginning of the new year, but he says a happy, it's not that much of a happy new year, but he says, God bless you, that is all that you need. So may God richly bless you. Let us stand on our feet while we welcome our dear pastor. Let us sing a song while he comes.
Amen. As I greet all of you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, a uh, compliment of the new season. Uh, may God richly bless you. Uh, as they normally say, let's see 2016 be your year. Hallelujah. I mean, I'm happy to have made it into 2016. Amen. It is by the grace of the Lord. Amen. Just before I read my Bible here, uh, I think you see Brother Msiz is not here together with his wife. I asked them just to be away for today because on was it on Thursday night the sister had some pains and later she was admitted into the hospital and then the baby was born. I'm not sure Brother Mbayana has got a series of events but the baby was born and there was internal bleeding and the baby couldn't make it. Amen. But uh, as we know, we are in the battle. Hallelujah. So you just sisters, just rally around Sister Yende. Give her the moral support. It's not a, an easy thing for a couple to go through. Hallelujah. And the brothers just give Brother Msizi words of encouragement. But <clears throat> what I know is that nothing takes place by by coincidence. Uh, everything that happens, God knew about it before it happens. And if God allowed it to happen, there is a reason why he allowed it. Hallelujah. But uh, as we often sing, the God of the mountain is still God in the valley. Amen. But God will strengthen the family. Uh, we are praying for them. Amen. Now, without waste of time, we can just tend to our Bibles, or before we do that, let's just pray. Most gracious Heavenly Father, this morning we approach your throne of mercy. Some of the things we may never understand to them. That is why a poet sang a song and say, further along we'll understand by and by. Lord, we believe that we are not here by coincidence. You planned us that we should be here. The events of our lives were planned by you. The experiences that we go through were planned by you. And this morning, we just want to commit the end of family to you. We say, strengthen them, Heavenly Father. Make them to understand in the midst of this misunderstanding. Comfort them, Heavenly Father. And the believers that are here, I'm committing them back to you, dear God. In 2016, as we don't know what it holds, but whatever lies in there, give us the capacity to be able to withstand whatever may come our way. We are believers during good times. We are believers during bad times. And we love you during good times. We love you during bad times. I think this is something the devil has got to know is that we've come to love you unconditionally. Because you are our God, you loved us unconditionally. And Lord, we commit ourselves to you as the year begins. 
and say, lead us, guide us, protect us, Heavenly Father. Be with every member in this church, dear God. And even those that are still on holiday, bless them, protect them until such time they arrive back homely, home safely, dear God, as we commit everything to you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. We may just turn to the scripture. I think we'll read the three scriptures this morning. Psalm 145. I think the projector should be sorted out during this week. Amen. We're just waiting for space from overseas. Psalm 145, or let's just go sequentially. Let's start on Psalm 102. Verse 18, if you found it, you can say amen. He found it written this manner. That is Psalm 102, verse 18. It says, This shall be written for the generation to come. And the people which shall be created shall praise the Lord. Amen. Uh, Psalm 145. From verse 3, 145 from verse 3, it reads in this manner, I found, great is the Lord and greatly to be praised and his greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall praise thy works to another and shall declare thy mighty acts. And then the last one is Acts uh, 13, verse 36. That Acts 1, 3, verse 36. It says, verse 36, For David, after he had saved his own generation by the will of God, fell on sleep and was laid unto his fathers and saw corruption. Amen. You may take your seats. Amen. God bless you. I'm happy to see you. Hallelujah. Uh, we we traveled very safely from Zimbabwe. Hallelujah. We we definitely had a great time. Amen. 
and then my message will be generational thinking in brackets the Zimbabwe report hallelujah generational thinking in brackets the Zimbabwe report you know brother Brenham normally when he preached the message I think is the message ashamed he came back and spoke and said ashamed Africa report hallelujah the weight made flesh India report hallelujah uh, and the reason we do it like this thing is that you know when you when you've got a, a business and you are a businessman or a businesswoman and you don't do what they call benchmarking that shows that you are a really a terrible businessman or a terrible businesswoman hallelujah because when you go into business you don't just wake up one morning and say i will charge two rent for this item it has to you've got to have some insights as to why you call it why you would want to charge it two rent versus one rent hallelujah and as they often say it boils down to uh, benchmarking you look at what other people are doing and as we often say you look at the the best practice and you borrow them and copy and paste them with pride hallelujah uh, what is working there you take it and what's not working you don't take it hallelujah the prophet of god this this is the quotation that i i saw on the banner and it it is it is just being embedded in my subconscious mind i looked at it it kept on rolling in my mind for quite some time in this message redemption by power paragraph 121 the prophet says i was thinking today as i was praying that how that this is the day that we are going to have to answer for i'm not going to have to answer for the generation that was before me or the generation that will be after me but in the judgment i'm to stand with this generation hallelujah so the prophet says the generation that went by he won't be held accountable for it neither the generation that is coming after him he won't be held accountable for it but his generation he will be held accountable for it hallelujah how many years has it been since the prophet passed off the sin? It has been 50 years. And how long does a generation take? Uh, can we safely say there is a new generation after the prophet has left the sin? Hallelujah. And if there has been a new generation after the prophet left the sin, the prophet is not going to be held accountable for this generation. Hallelujah. He will be held accountable for the generation during his time. Are we still together? So that means you and I are going to be held accountable for our generation. Hallelujah. 
and you can be sitting there and say, ah, me, I'm just a small man, a small woman. What will be, uh, I be held accountable for a generation? Yes, you are part of a generation. You've got to contribute to a generation. And if you don't contribute, God is going to hold you accountable for your generation. Hallelujah. You know, I was, I was, I was watching uh, that... They were actually making some a survey that in your lifetime, uh, because you, you meet a lot of people when you go into the malls, at workplaces, at schools, uh, some, some interactions are meaningful, some are, uh, are not meaningful, it's more abruptly. But I'm told that the, the people that you meet and you spend a quality time with, in your lifetime, they could be run about 20,000. Hallelujah. Somebody made that study. And I said, if you are given an opportunity to come in contact with 20,000 people in your lifetime, my question would be, out of those 20,000, how many are you going to convert to the message of the hour? Uh, Hallelujah. Or will it just be coming in contact with them, but without exchanging something that can stand to the test of time. Yes, we can speak about a career, but career comes and goes. We can speak about a new neighborhood, it comes and goes. We can speak about a new car, a new car becomes an old model down the line. But what is it that is worthwhile that we can exchange with our generation that can stand to the test of the time. And that is the message of the hour. Amen. Hallelujah. And, and, and as I'm going, and I, I want us to, um, maybe, I don't know if you do your New Year's resolutions, but if I could hijack them and say, don't do New Year's resolutions. Just make sure that you, you think generationally. You know, when you meet a young man, that thinks generationally versus the young man that does not think generationally. The one that thinks generationally, he's very particular as to who he marries. Uh, hallelujah. I, I don't know, maybe I might throw some things behind the pulpit this morning, but uh, based on what I've read, whether they are truth or not truth, is up to you. Uh, uh, somebody said, when you look at the... The, I was reading about it. They, they say when you look around um, the world, you've got, you've got almost 1% of 99% of population that owns the global wealth. 1% owning 99%. And 99% owning only 1%. Are you with me? Stay with me. I'm going somewhere. And they say this 1%, because sometimes they will even take it to... Uh, a finer details to say they are Illuminati, secret society, all those things. But uh, I like how they operate those people based on what I've read. I'm not quite sure whether it's true or what, but I just liked how they approach and I said, if this approach could work for them, would definitely work for message believers. They say within that 1%, they always make sure that they marry within that 1%. Hallelujah. 
So that means if you belong to that 1%, you don't get into the 99%, you continue marrying. Because they say they have mastered, they say that 1% has come to a point where they say they want, they want the people not to know certain things that make them to be successful. And they say the first thing that they would want 99% not to understand is the art of war. Hallelujah. We just see war, but we don't know how it starts. We don't know who are the beneficiaries. We, know, we don't know where it ends. But there is a, there is a 1% that engineers the, the global warfare that you see. Yes, when you participate in the war, it does not mean that you understand the art of war. Hallelujah. When you've got an AK-47, you are somewhere in Burundi, it does not mean you understand war. Those that understand war, they know where does that AK-47 come from. And what is the value chain? Who benefits in terms of profit before it comes to you? Hallelujah. Because, you know, they normally say there are two things that the United States uh, president can do uh, if he wants to be a great president. Either you have got a great economy, or if the economy is bad, take the nation to war. Hallelujah. Another thing, because they say they don't want them to understand the art of war, the second thing that I'm told is that the, the, the mating, how they marry, they are very particular as to who marries who, because it has to do with the DNA. And I said, maybe if it works for them, it should work for us as message believers. We should be particular in terms of who do we marry. Hallelujah. Because who you marry determines the kind of children that you will produce. Hallelujah. You, you can claim to be whatever you are, whatever you say. I'm speaking English here. I'm not an English-speaking person. When I reproduce, I produce spades. Hallelujah. It doesn't matter what I am. It matters who I am. I will only reproduce who I am. So they say they are very particular in terms of who do they marry. And I'm saying, our young people, if you want to think generationally, be particular as to where you marry. Hallelujah. And it might not be fashionable. I will say it behind the pulpit. Let it be within the message cycles. Do you still believe that gospel? I still preach that gospel. Let it be within message cycles. It is what the prophet says. It's what I believe. Let's stick to that. Are we together? I'm just getting your mind to think generationally. Now, before I read this quotation, and I said, is the Zimbabwe report. Zimbabwe is amongst almost the top five poor countries in the world. Hallelujah. Their their, their currency, at some point in time, it was not worth the paper that it was written off. They, They had to devalue it and take it out of the, the economy. And that's when they moved to the dollarization of the economy. Stay with me, I'm going somewhere. Hallelujah. 
So that means as a nation, they are as poor as you can think, as a nation. Hallelujah. When you look at the resources, they've got, no res- they've got no infrastructure that countries like South Africa have got. Hallelujah. When you look at them from the message perspective, the prophet never preached in their country. Hallelujah. However, truth be told, what they have achieved, it got to me, brethren, what they have achieved with limited resources bypasses human understanding. Are we together? And, and when I was there, I wanted to understand what, what makes them to be as successful as they are when it comes to the message. And I realized that in, in our country, we've got some bottlenecks. Hallelujah. And, and as a pastor, as I was talking to them, there had to be a paradigm shift. And I'll say it for what it is, because that's my, my convictions. When we were sitting there, just for the convention, for those that may not know, there were over 25,000 believers that converged in one place for a convention. You asked me, you ask me, yes, there were a lot of pastors that came together. You ask me, do those pastors agree? No, they've got their own differences. However, they are able to transcend beyond their personal differences for the course of the message of the hour. Are you here this morning? And when I was sitting there, it dawned on me that maybe the thinking has got to change. Me, when I learn, I change. They don't come through this ear and come out on the other ear. I picked it up that, and I'll read Brother Brenham's quotations. We in this country have taken our foot of the evangelism pedal. Did you hear me? We have taken it off. And we have gone into an arena where we compete in terms of the teachings and the doctrines. And that has got nothing to do with the Great Commission. Are we together? And that competition has made us to be the academics of the message rather than the people that can use the message to impact the people. Are you here this morning? That's why you would find somebody being too knowledgeable. That brother Brenham in 1963, he preached message, this message for 15 minutes, and 15 minutes means so much. And when you look at uh, the venue was at this venue, the venue means that one. That's, that's a bunch of nonsense, to be honest with me. Does it convert to somebody? Until we, we have let go of the world that we've got to change. Are you here with me this morning, believers? And yet, I'm I'm not... It's good to be a South African. I'm privileged to be in this country. However, the question would be, 
this privilege of being born in the power in the in the powerhouse in terms of the economy in this country does it help me to advance God's kingdom or it just create a superiority mindset this best infrastructure that we've got and what used to be a stronger rent which somewhat has gone south How does it help us in terms of advancing the kingdom of God? You've got, you may say, Brother Madiba, why are you asking this difficult question? They've got to be asked. Hallelujah. The prophet came into this South Africa, in this country. He had more success in this country than any other country in the world. 200,000 people attended one meeting in Durban. Hospitals were being emptied out. This is the country where we need to celebrate and show the legacy of William Brenham. But when you look, it's a country that is divided in terms of the message. Egos have taken precedency over the word of God. Hallelujah. I looked when I was there. And we're sitting there, and I observed. And I'm going to say it, it may sound unpopular. And I said, God, you have opened my eye. I will not close my eyes anymore. In this country of ours is that we tend to keep people as deacons for far too long in the church. When I was sitting around the table, I realized that the pastors that were around the table actually in South Africa are deacons, are not pastors. Do you hear me? You keep a man in the church for 20 years as a deacon. Hallelujah. There's no vision beyond being a deacon because pastors will hardly die. We don't grow areas. And what is happening? We frustrate the ministry, potential ministries of the people. Hallelujah. Are you here? And, and when I looked, I said, brother, when did you start pastoring? I started on such and such day. I was given an area. In that area, what is happening? We've got 250 believers. I say, goodness, wasn't, no, I was, remember I was sitting with Pastor Jesus, says, here, what we do, and uh, this is the model that if you want to succeed at this church, you must adopt. This church must give birth to other churches. And when it gives birth to other churches, it does not allow Brother Madiba to, to increase his empire. Hallelujah. If a brother goes to office and he succeeds in office, this church must ordain him to be a pastor there so that the work of the Lord can multiply. And listen to me, young men, as much as you could be excited, it takes responsibility. We don't just send you unless you are tested. You've got to marry right. You've got to live right. You've got to be dedicated to the message. You've got to be a proven man. Because we are not into mass production. We are looking for quality. 
And let me, I've said it, now I'm more convinced than ever before. It is not wrong to wish to be a pastor. It is, it is a noble thing. It must be encouraged. And we must find out how do we better help you. Not to sabotage you so that we prove to everybody else that he said he wants to be this. Now he's failing. No. You've got to be supported. Are you here? If I pastor Emelo with remote control, Emelo will never grow. And if I send a brother to go and preach at Emelo, uh, and it's quite amazing when you've got multiplicity of churches, preachers don't grow. Because he preaches one message in Weedbank, they are happy. He carries that message to the next town, to the next town. They, they, he's not growing. He's recycling the message amongst the churches. And I ask an important question. I say, it sounds great. I hear you, brothers. Brother Jesus, explain to me. What if after you in Eastleigh, you've got a church, and you ordain a pastor in, in whatever, maybe in Gweru, and when you are in Gweru, after you've ordained the men there, the people under him, few brothers come and say, look, we really, really are not happy with this brother. Maybe he's not going deeper than you do. What do you do? He says, I'll go back and explain to the brothers that, listen, before I was an old man, I was a young man. And the reason I grew, people allowed me to grow. So you brothers, if you are really supporting me, support the cause there. Because we are working together. I said, does it happen? If we ordain in office, a brother comes in and says, I miss Lighthouse Tabernacle. Some of us, we are excited and say, this is the church. Not knowing that we are killing the cause of the message. And that's why I'm not only preaching to you, I'm preaching to myself that as we go into the new year, let us think generationally. And brethren, it does not take money to evangelize. Hallelujah. If you've got people on the ground, it does not take money. Money should be the last thing. Hallelujah. And my question would be, when you come to church, when was the last time you invited people to church? And say, come and find out where we fellowship. Or are you a secret church goer? Are you producing as a believer? Or are you barren as a believer? Is there anyone that we just baptized in the last month that you can attribute and say, that's my crown in the ministry? It doesn't mean that you don't meet people. You meet people. What have you spoken to them about? And we've got, if we have been given the best, we've got to be responsible with what we have. I just want to quench, to pinch your spiritual conscience. They asked the prophet, I think this, sorry, it was immediately after the sales. In COD, the question was 174. He says, they ask him, he says, this person say, should evangelists continue on the field? I think this brother 
must have realized that the seals are open. We have seen great signs and wonders in the tabernacle. Should evangelists continue on the field? Brother Brenham answers the question and says, in this hour of course, what they mean, certainly by all means, don't change a thing. If Jesus is coming in the morning, preach today like it was going to be 10 years from today, but live like it's going to be at this hour. Hallelujah. Do you hear me, young brothers? Go into the field. Testify about this message. Somebody was saying, you know, I'm of the view that maybe in Zimbabwe they wanted to showcase what they have done over the years. Somebody said, Brother Madiba, you know, in this country, it is difficult to be a secret sinner. I say, how? He says, the problem is that everybody knows about the message. If, if a brother picks up a mistress and books into a hotel, chances are that the receptionist is a message believer will say, brother, what are you doing here? And I say, in South Africa, secret sinners thrive. They know in this corner, no message believer. No one has testified about the message. I say, let us take this message to every corner. Let us testify. This message, it is the best thing that has ever happened in this generation. Let us tell the world about this message. And I think if the motive is right, God will respect the act. And when we say, take the message, it's not that we want to make ourselves big and big empires. No. Let everyone know that God has sent the prophet. Amen. Are we still together? He says, don't get scrambled up now. That's what I'm trying to warn you about. Just don't be odd. Hallelujah. Don't change nothing. Do you hear him? Don't change nothing. And I've realized that In, in, if, if, I, if, if me as a pastor, I'm uncomfortable in my own skin, I would want everybody to think like me. Hallelujah. When a leader wants everybody to think about like them, that is a sign of insecurity. But when a leader is mature, he loves the variety of thoughts, the diversity of thoughts. And I've picked up that when I was dancing, every brother has got a right to use whatever bait to get the people into the kingdom of God. Are you, are you with me? And when we say, you, you know that you can never catch the fish unless you've got a bait. And, and when you fish on this river, the fish on this river may be attracted to by a different type of a bait. It does not mean that if you used this bait at, li- at the li- river Limpopo, you'll use it in Lebele. No, no, no. You've got to check w- what are the species that are there. And, and the species will, will, will determine the type of bait 
that you must have. Are we together? And if I'm fishing at Limpopo with a bait and things are happening, I cannot impose that if you are a great fisherman, you must use this bait. Are we together? What I'm, what I'm, what I'm simply saying is this. It, it, it looks like, and, and I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not divorcing myself from the responsibility I'm accountable as well. It would appear like somewhat we made praying for the sick to be unfashionable. Hallelujah. And it was the very bait that Jesus Christ used when he was here. But you know why we are doing that? It's because while we were competing, whether it's the first pool, the second pool, the third pool, hallelujah, until it became one pool, whatever it may be, what happened today is that while we were competing in that space, we began to negate and undermine certain principles of the gospel. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I, I, I can say it beyond this point. It doesn't mean that pastors are no longer praying for the sick. Some are praying for the sick, but privately. If you are doing it privately and I'm doing it publicly, what is the difference? Are we together? So I'm saying when we, we think generationally and take this message forward, let us not be prescriptive. Hallelujah. If it worked in Cape Town, it's fine in Cape Town. Maybe we have got different type of people here. The Cape Town approach will not work here. Hallelujah. And as much as we cannot impose the Cape Town, the Wheelbank approach on them. Are we together? Because when you are in the whole zone, you've got to change the tactics. If you keep on using the same war strategy, you will be ambushed. But you've got to vary your strategy. Well, I expect you that you'll be in the air. They must see you coming from the sea. Well, I expect you to come from the sea. You are on the ground. You've got to, you've got to confuse the enemy. Are we together? So I'm saying the people, the way they come into the message, we've got not to be prescriptive. If I could go around the room and say, how did you come? Different ways. It's variety. Then why would I make you a coming to be the best and the rest of the people, the way they came, I say, they came in a very shallow way. What matters? They came. And what matters? People must come. Are you here this morning? But uh, apart from everything, brethren, there's nothing that takes the credibility of the message like not living right. And brothers, I can put it on your doorstep. Many a times, when you see a man that does not testify, a lot of times they are not living right. Because they've got two lives that are running parallel. They don't want the lives to intercede. If you are not a secret believer at work, people should know what makes you like that. Are we together believers? And a secret sinner is a stumbling block towards God's kingdom. Hallelujah. Never allow your life to be in silos. Even if you as a parent, you would know 
you can see when the child is living right. Hallelujah. A child that lives right would invite the friends to your house and introduce them and say, it's mommy. You, you know, mommy's eye can penetrate pretense and see and say, this is not a good one, my child. I, she, she's speaking all the right things, but something tells me it's not a good one. Do mothers understand what I'm talking about? Hallelujah. Same thing when we live, we invite people to church. Are we together? Let me continue here. Brother Brenham says, in this message, Taking Sides with Jesus, paragraph 82, he said, well, now, I think, now I think this church, if you mean would, when you build this church, make this like your headquarters. This, there's a reason why he was speaking about headquarters. Don't be afraid. Like Brother Neville here being like the senior elder among you, and sometimes you get a question that you can't discuss out with your church out there. Then bring it in here to Brother Neville. You all discuss it together. If you cannot come to any conclusion, I will be coming pretty soon, then we'll all come together with it. Hallelujah. This is where he refers when uh, Brenham Tabernacle, maybe if they have set up a satellite church there and they've got a brother that is taking care of the church there, if there is a question there, he can come to the elder brother Neville and brother Neville would be able to, to, to give an answer and if there is no answer, when the prophet comes, he gives an answer. And I want to emphasize, brethren, that Elders are important. Hallelujah. It's scriptural. And you see, you don't, when you've got a bad father, you don't say, all oh, fathers are not necessary. You just, you are isolated and say, the fathers are great, but not this one. Are we together? You don't dismiss something because somebody mishandled the office. Elders are great. We've got to have elders. I want to be an elder as well. When we ordain other pastors, I will be their elder. However, hear me out. It does not mean that when we elect a church somewhere or we ordain a pastor of a church somewhere, we go and impose ourselves there. It becomes a sovereign church with its own sovereign vision. Are you here? Hallelujah. As they are led by the Holy Spirit. All we can do is to pray for them. The danger is that it is happening in other countries, but in this country, it's a problem. Yes, I'm going to preach. If you are uncomfortable, I'm going to preach. It is a problem because if I'm a pastor here, I've got my own views as a pastor. I am led differently. I know there's a debate that is going on about hair and so forth. I, I, I'm really past that stage where I debate about hair. I'm way, I'm way far down the line to really turn my, to go back that. Those are the fundamentals. I'm not going back to them. 
If you need an answer, the prophet has provided all the answers. Not Google, not YouTube. There was you, the prophet before there was YouTube. There was the prophet before there was Google. Don't come with Google printouts here. I'm not following Google. I'm following the prophet messenger. What did he say about it? And this, some of the things is where the devil would want to rob us so that we gravitate at a lower level and have a life that has got no impact because we are caught up in petty things. No, say my brother, I'm not going to go and discuss the hair issue. Every man that is married here knows how their wife's hair should be like. They have read it in the prophet. That's how their wives... Are we together? I've got no aspiration to be a husband in your house. I am a pastor. You are a husband. Lit as you see fit. I just don't want to go that route, brethren. What did Brother Brenham have on his head? What did he have? What did he have? Hey, brothers, are you here? What did he have? Was it a Hindu hair? The problem is that when you claim to know higher than the prophet, there will be a danger. Brethren, we had one prophet. For me, it was enough. It was... And this message has got an answer to every question. Don't, don't tell, uh, this is how, what, no. What did the prophet say about it? What is the prophet's answer? Yes, I'm saying this because when we were then, while we were admiring what the brothers were doing in the country, people were there looking at the hair. Close my ears that I'm not here. For, I'm not on a hair mission here. I've got a better things to look at. You, you know when you've got a controlling spirit, you want to control everybody, even women that are not your wives. A controlling spirit is dangerous, and I'm glad as a pastor I've got no such spirit. If you buy a car, you don't have to check with me. It's your car. Buy whatever brand you have and enjoy. Because here we want people to mature. Not everything to say, let me check with the pastor. There are certain things that you've got to check with the pastor. But there are certain things that are your personal preference. I've got my personal preference. How my wife is, it's my preference. And don't take it into your house. It's my preference. And if you don't like it, don't say anything. It's my preference. And the danger is that when preferences become doctrines, it makes the church to be demoralized. I had a young man, I'm not going to say them, a young man comes and preaches behind the pulpit. Somebody was asking me a question during the week. How do you preach birth control behind the pulpit? That's a sign of immaturity. 
Did Brother Branham ever do that? Why are preachers, some preachers, attempting to do that? And the poor Tommy Roth is mixing up quotations. I said to one, I said, if you don't know how to grow a church, don't grow a church through... Uh, let me stop there. God bless you. <laughs> but certain things, they really get onto our names. Hallelujah. Where a man sits somewhere because of a, a personal preference. If I want to have ch- child children, that's up to me. That should not be a doctrine. Hallelujah. And I would not go into that. Go and read when Brother Brenham was dedicating the baby of Brother Billy Paul. He, as he was dedicated, Billy Paul, these grandchildren are appearing too fast. When God said multiply and replenish the earth, the burden was not on you alone. You must thank God that God made this message available on your lap. That anything you can go and search for yourself and say, what did the prophet say about this? You must remember what was dangerous about Catholics is because people did not have the Bibles. Only the priest had Bible. That is the thing. And I thank God, God made this message to be available to everyone. So that after I'm preaching, you go home and say, let me check what Brother Madiba was saying. And if I was off track, you're most welcome to come to the office and say, Pastor, I think we had this quotation skewed. Hallelujah. And if I tell you that you can never tell me anything, then you know it's the right time to find another church. Because the real pastor will sit down and hear you out. Hallelujah. Even as pastors, we are growing. Didn't Moses have mistakes that he grew from as the prophet? Didn't Brother Branham have mistakes? A prophet that could come and say, I told a lie. That's one thing that we love about him. There was sincerity in that man. Now, people after he's gone, they want to tell us that he was a liar. No, when he told lies, he came and said, I spoke a lie. When the FBI was looking for me, I told my wife to tell them that I wasn't around. But I went back to the same man and said, man, look, when you were looking for me, I was in the house. I told my wife that I wasn't there. I'm here to ask for forgiveness. And do you, do you hear what that man says? He says, brother Brenham, I used to believe that you are a servant of God. But now, I'm more than convinced that you are a servant of God. When you repent on your ways, you don't lose dignity. You, gain, you, you become credible. Amen. Not to know when I said this, I meant that. Semantics. No, no, no. Paragraph 83. And then there... Get training in your own groups, other ministers. Mean that you see there has a calling in their life for the ministry. Train them young men. Let me tell you something. When, when I come to church and I allow brothers to preach and I take my seat there, it doesn't mean I don't have the message for that day. I can preach from January. 
until December. Sunday, Wednesday, Sunday, Wednesday. Hallelujah. But I would never know whether the ministry locally is growing until I allow them to come here while I take a seat there and check how far are we going. And here's something beautiful that later when some pastor invites me and say, Brother Madiba, can you come? I can say, I'm not available, but I've got somebody from our church that has been proven that I've listened to preaching. He's consistent. He will come and bless your church. Because when somebody preaches better, they don't, they, don't, they don't overshadow me. No. They are my product. I take glory and say, that's the product of this church. Yes. Hallelujah. Amen. And that's why we've got to train young ones. A young boy. Young, young boy. I think he was 11 years. If somebody was telling me, or I don't know, but he was a very young boy. Was busy handing out pamphlets, inviting people to a meeting. And I'm told that somebody asked and say, why are you inviting? Say, no, there is a message, church, we're inviting you. And say, how will it work for me? And the young man said, listen, you don't know. I'm, I'm a miracle baby. When I was conceived in my mother's womb, uh, I don't know, there was water or something like this. There were some complications. But he says, I survived because they prayed at church. I know God answers prayer. Come to me to the prayer meeting and say, if you can instill that on a young boy, when he grows up, he will be dangerous to the, what's the economy of the table. And that's what we've got to do. But hear me out here. In 2016, our critics must really have enough medication. Because we are not going to listen. We are going to challenge the status quo. We are going to go into the areas that we have never gone before because there is a, a generational thinking that is taking place. And if you are part of our critics, I really want to say, fasten your seat belts. Because things that we are going to do, we will do them unapologetically. We are tired of taking three steps forward and checking who else is saying what. No, say. There's got to be a momentum. Are you here? And you that know better than the pastor, maybe find another church to worship in. Yes, we had a young man. We had, imagine, brethren, we had young people here from university, from TUT, somewhere from down the street, uh, this technical college. 130 young people in this church, unbelievers. And I asked young men, I said, would you preach for them? A young man said, no. I'm deciding that I'm no longer fellowship with Pastor Mariba. I'm not happy with the leadership. They are having a youth service. I say, maybe he doesn't belong here to begin with. Because I thought they should be the one that say, Pastor, take your seat. These 130 people will be addressed by us. But the problem when you find a corrupted young man, there must be an old man behind to corrupt. But we've got a generational responsibility, brethren. Are you here? You don't want 20 years down the line, we've got nothing to present. We don't say we're going to convert people, but we want to say, listen, 
we have covered this area. People know the message. Even if they don't come, but they have heard about the message. You, you can sleep at night and say, I did my part. Are we together? So train them young men. We will train them. Bring them in here to an elder. And when, a, when somebody preaches here and makes a mistake, I've realized that he who does nothing makes no mistake. If you want to see somebody who does nothing, find somebody that has never made a mistake, then you know this man or this woman does absolutely nothing. For them, they've got a red book where they just tick wrongs and wrongs. This went wrong. Hallelujah. But if somebody comes and makes a mistake, there's a way of correcting them without killing that potential. And when we go and correct it, it's not just to call somebody in the office and say, hey, when you said this and that, it was wrong. No. You invite a brother months later on a fellowship and say, let's fellowship around that subject. And within the subject, you'll cover that area and you'll compare notes. Then the brother grows. And the day I become the only superman in this church, you must know that really, I've really taken off ramp. Amen. Train them young men. Bring them in here to the elder. And all of you sit together in ministerial meeting there. Teach the deeper things of God. Don't go on the bad end. Keep someone who, can, who you can have confidence in to be kind of a leader for you. And that's why I say, if, if you would want to know the type of leader that you are under, you would know when you have made a mistake how he handles your mistake. If he makes a public show about it, something is definitely not right. Hallelujah. Because it knocks your confidence. Amen. Now, sometimes if you don't see it just exactly the way he does, that's all right. You are in the faith. Just move along. Hallelujah. Because there will be at times where as, as a pastor where people don't see eye to eye with you. It's, it's natural. Hallelujah. Because God is not a, is a God of variety. And if, if you don't see eye to eye with a pastor, there's nothing wrong. But how you handle it says a lot about your character as well. Hallelujah. People are allowed to hold different views from my own views. Hallelujah. And how I react, it determines my maturity as well. Maybe when we come together, all of us, we pray, the discernment of God comes down and he will give it just exactly what it is. Let us know just how to do it. And here, churches can, can go here and training up a group of men. And if I'm in evangelistic work somewhere, there's places I can take, take 
them to place them there, which is worldwide. That's what the prophet was saying. Now, to the scripture that we read, it said, And David, after he had saved his own generation, by the will of God fell on sleep and was laid unto his fathers and saw corruption. Everyone has got a room to serve their own generation. And the best way to serve your generation is through your calling into the ministry. Hallelujah. And brothers, it doesn't mean if you are not preaching, you don't do anything. You can testify. Everyone is compelled to be a missionary, to go out and tell the people about this. Invite people to share. People are, people are tired. Do you know that people are tired? You, you look at, you look at uh, Islam. Now they've got what they call, is it ISIS? It's, it's a reformation. It's because they realize that in Islam, something is lacking. And now they've moved into the militant aspect of it because they realize that something is lacking. You look at uh, the mainstream denominations, they're they are becoming more embracing in terms of homosexual because everybody who wants to reform, but however, this message cannot be reformed, it is enough. So we simply say to the people that if you see a gap, there is somewhere, something that can close this gap, and that is the message of the hour. Amen. Are you happy to have received the message of the hour? May God richly bless you. Just maybe as the musicians are coming, what struck me when we were there, I'm told that a, a week before the convention, they made an announcement that if you are a, a finance person, if you are a manager, if you are a project manager, whatever you are, if you are a doctor, go and register somewhere. And they registered. And how they did it during the convention you had teams or committees. The, the, the restrooms, the, the, the catering size were being overseen by the health team. And the health team were reporting into doctors that were taken there. So they've looked at the skills of every person in the church and they clustered to those skills and formed committees and they ran a beautiful convention. 25,000 people were there, no confusion. And I say, it can be done. Don't be spectators. Be a partaker. What must I do in this church? I'm available, brothers. Hallelujah. A church is not an extramural activity where you remember it after you've done everything. No, it's the first thing that you've got to remember and say, by the way, the reason I'm like this, there is somewhere where I'm being fed. There is somewhere where they are taking care of me. That is the first place where you show responsibility. Are we together? Because some just remember on Sunday, say, hey, it's a Sunday. Hallelujah. And those are complaining a lot. If you see that the building is not taken care of, when are you available to come in and say, I will take care? Are we here, brothers? You just come and see the, the garden is done, the garden is not done. You don't even know who's doing it. Don't be a spectator. People that are respected are partakers. They want to know 
where is this thing going? Who's doing it? Is he doing it properly? If he's not doing it properly, I'm available or I can come and oversee. Don't be a spectator. Be a partaker. And never be afraid if people criticize, but hey, it's always him. Yes, it's always you because wherever you go, you take yourself seriously. You take your environment seriously so that even your children can look at you and say, this man, whatever he does, he takes it seriously. Don't be a spectator in 2016. Be a partaker. If you're an elderly sister, check around. Is there a young woman that needs my support? How many young people that come into this church that are visiting? I was shocked. Another one asked me a very sensitive question. I said, how did this young girl bypass all the sisters in the church to come on my doorstep? Isn't somebody that could have provided a moral support, woman-to-woman support? Yes, others are trying, but I say we can try more. Any child that you see coming in, they've got issues. We are in the end time, it's a war zone. They've got issues. They need somewhere they can tell and say, at home, daddy's doing this and that to mommy. How can I resolve it? Or daddy's doing this and this to me. How can I fix it? Then you can be able to say, my child, let's come together. Let's pray. I'll give you moral support. If needs be, I'll even provide a shelter. Come and stay in my house while we resolve the issue. That's what the gospel is all about. It's a community. God bless you richly. Yes.
and then uh, Brother Watu will wrap up in prayer for us. Heal your people, heal the land. this day, O God. Heavenly Father God, you came down, O Lord, and you you set the tone for 2016, O God. Father God, you came and you highlighted our responsibilities, O God, as message believers, O Lord. Father God, we are, Father God, ready, O God. Father God, we take up, O God, our armor this morning, O Lord. Father God, and we rejoice, O God, for, Lord, Father God, that that you've planted in us, O God, will will bear fruit this year, O God. Heavenly Father God, you came and you challenged us, O God. Father God, may we live up to your expectation this day, O God. Heavenly Father God, we say thank you this day, O Lord. O God, we pray, O God, as we, we look forward to this year, O God. Father God, may we be the billboards that you set up, O God. Father God, we may, re- may we reflect Jesus Christ, O God, in everything that we do, O God. Yes. Father God, for ultimately, O God, that is our desire, O God, to be just like Jesus Christ this morning, that O Lord. So. And we thank you, O God, for coming, O God, and raising the standard this morning, O God. Mm. O Lord, we are privileged, O God, and we are thankful, O God. We pray, O God, for our dear, precious pastor, O God, mm. 
Father God, that you would continually, O oh God, speak to him, O oh God. Father God, as he lead, O oh Lord, the flock, O oh God. Father God, that you would guide him, O oh God, and protect him and bless him, O oh God. O oh Lord, we are grateful, O oh God, and we are thankful, O oh God. Heavenly Father God, we pray, O oh God. O oh Lord, as we, we go out, O oh Lord, to our respective homes, O oh Lord. Father God, may we be, O oh God, that advert that you want us to be, O oh God. Heavenly Father God, may we, O oh God, be the testimony, O oh God. Heavenly Father, you've brought us through the Red Sea, O oh God. Yes. And we rejoice, O oh God. Father God, now, O oh God, may we speak unto the next generation of what you have done for us, O oh God. O oh Lord, we thank you, O oh God. O oh Lord, may our testimonies, O oh God, spread throughout this community, O oh God, throughout Wheatbank, O oh Lord. Mm. Father God and beyond, O oh God, we say thank you, O oh Lord. O oh Lord, we bless you now and we thank you in Jesus' mighty name, O oh God. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Amen. Just give us two songs and thereafter we'll be dismissed. May God richly bless you. We'll only let you know next Sunday as to when we commence with midweek services. Amen. But I think it will tie up with the opening of the schools. So we'll see you next Sunday.
Hallelujah. God bless another second one there after you are dismissed. Ah, so I wanna.